This is the March to the Arch podcast, your place for Missouri Valley Conference news, talk, and takes. Welcome to episode 21 of the March to the Arch podcast in this 2019-2020 Missouri Valley Conference season. Today, we are very excited to uh, recap kind of games two and three of the Missouri Valley season. And then we are joined by Michael Admire of Drake University, the play-by-play and director of broadcasting for Drake University, who will give his insights on the Missouri Valley and specifically Drake. But before we get to that, how are we doing today, Baker? Oh, we're doing good. We're doing real good. Um, a lot going on in the world. I know we talked about it last week that we would actually talk about it this week. Um, Monday night, the national championship in college football. I know you're not as big. Uh, you're more of a um, FCS fan mm-hmm. than you are FBS, but it is the national championship. Your thoughts? Will you number one? Will you watch? Oh yeah, I'm gonna ask. Uh, or I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna watch. Um, go Tigers! Uh, I will be po- uh, pulling for which Tigers? Uh, the LSU. I was gonna say. Uh, Sorry, the, really go, the Go Tigers should have or GE. Whatever they spell. Well, I can't. Uh, I can't. I don't understand how you're spelling it. Go Tigers. Oh. Probably, if I would have said it like that, would you have Coach known o. that? If you said it like that, yeah. I would have known for sure. I'm a Coach O guy. Um, I just think he's good for college football, so I'm rooting for him. And it's not that I necessarily don't like Clemson. Um, I just like Coach O more. So uh, when it comes to Coach O, Coach O is awesome. Um, he got a raw deal at USC, and I bet you that they are sitting there kicking themselves seeing how successful he is at LSU. Uh, that being said, I think that Clemson's going to win this game. And I've said it from, I think it was like week one. I just, it just feels like they're so deep and they were never, and they were always just trotting out like, you know, they were showing their depth every single game. That's why they weren't maybe blowing people out as much as they should have. Um, I think that they're going to win this game handily. And I think that people, I think that that win over Ohio State was probably as impressive as any team could be because Ohio State was so legit and the Oklahoma blowout I mean Oklahoma sucked good so um, I trust your analysis but um, along the other lines you mentioned I am an FCS fan so um, on Saturday we've got uh, the FCS championship of uh, James Madison University versus North Dakota State University of- isn't James Madison like legit like they're like yeah. one of they're like really good. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a um, a great game. But you know, like you didn't let me say of the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Sure, sure. So who you got in this game? I mean, I'm going to go with North Dakota because I don't know anything about either team. I'm going to go with North Dakota State just because I know that they're very good. Okay, good. Well, I am too. Um, I I don't know where the line is right now, but um, I am just because I want the Missouri Valley Football is Conference. Do they still to play win. this game in Texas, Frisco? Uh, Frisco, yeah, Frisco, Texas. So. Um, like, yeah, I know there was, uh, I saw something on ESPN, they were talking about, like, these two were kind of on, like, a collision course, like, mm-hmm. throughout the whole year as being, like, I don't know, is James Madison undefeated? Uh, they might be, I honestly don't know. I have no I idea. just, I, I know very little about this, so I'm not going to. I know more about the MVFC than uh, anything, but I just know that the Colonial Athletic Com- or Association, the CAA uh, conference that they're in, is um, one that I think kind of strives to compare themselves to the Missouri Valley Football Conference. And, um, you know, it's kind of like a point of maybe contention and then pride that the MVFC, you know, continues to uh, dominate the CAA. And so it, just something that on you know, as sure. an FCS fan um, of the Missouri Valley Football Conference, you know, something that I kind of monitor and I'm looking forward to the game. So 
and we've talked about this, but I think we've talked about that. I don't know if we've talked about it on air. I think we talked about it off air. Like the Valley Football Conference is like the SEC of F- FCS. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's the conference. Yes. Like, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. This. Uh, hey, go get them, uh, Bison. Yep. That's uh, sounds like uh, should be a good game. I I don't know if I'll watch it, but I I hope the Valley wins. Um, yep. Go Valley Football Conference. No doubt about it. Um, I think it's uh, I think it's time that we get right into. Uh, Last week of uh, Valley Hoops. Yeah, so um, let's maybe just start with the overall, you know, that I normally do each episode. So um, we are recording on Thursday, January 9th, and as of right now, um, three games have been played in the Missouri Valley uh, Conference basketball season. Six teams are at 2-1 and one in MVC play. Those teams are Northern Iowa, Drake, Loyola, Missouri State, Southern Illinois and the Bradley Braves. Your first place, Southern Illinois Salukis. <laughs> Six teams in first place. Your thoughts on your thoughts on being in first place? Oh, love it. Uh, <laughs> so moving down, uh, we've got three teams at one and two. Uh, that's Indiana State, Valpo, and Illinois State. And then we have one team that is winless currently in the Valley, and that's the Evansville Purple Aces, who are zero and three. So just looking at this, Baker, are there any surprises here? Um, yeah, um, there's, there's one big surprise as that group of six in first place and that's your Salukis. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't think I've, I think I've made it pretty clear that I, I don't think a whole lot of the Salukis this year. Yep. Um, but took care of business on your home floor. So that's, uh, and obviously we'll get into those games, but I guess that's the one that jumps out to me. Yep. And so I, I think, you know, the framer. The frame of mind that I'm in is you can't look at th- three games and look no. at the conference standings because a lot of it's just scheduling, right? Um, SIU's played uh, Valpo, Illinois State, and Indiana State, whereas there's some teams you know that went through the Iowa swing, which is going to be one of the hardest sure. swings of uh, the year. But yeah, um, I, I would say if you would have told us that Evansville at the beginning of the season would start the Valley season 0-3, I don't think we'd uh, say, we would think you're crazy, but there has a lot that's transpired for Evansville, um, which is starting to play out. But I think it's it goes to show that there's been some really fun games, these first three ones. It is back to Valley basketball, lots of lead changes. Um, You've got to protect home court, but mm-hmm. I think it's going to come down to whoever can go on the road and win um, will we'll stay at the top of the Valley. No doubt about it. I think the Evansville one, you're right. I mean, if you just said that at the beginning of the season, but with the, I don't know, I don't want with the situation, quote-unquote, yep. at Evansville, um, I think all bets are off with right. them right now. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and especially now that, you know, DeAndre Williams was didn't play in a game. So, yep. um, yeah. So moving down uh, kind of in the league weekly awards, so that is Player of the Week and Newcomer of the Week. Uh, we've got Player of the Week, A.J. Green um, of the Northern Iowa Panthers and uh, Jake Loravia of Indiana State uh, University. University. Um, so these are hard for me just because of the timing of our podcast that it's, you know, the um, the week doesn't really coincide with this, but, you know, they both had just big games, have been big contributors for their teams. Yep. All right, so um, let's, let's break down kind of uh, this week in Valley Play. So let's uh, start off with uh, sa- the Saturday slate. All teams were, um, were playing the... 
home teams were four and one on the day. So the only team that did not uh, hold serve was uh, Evansville uh, getting beat by Valparaiso um, in an overtime thriller, 81-79. Uh, Valpo went on the road and uh, got a win. Yeah, um, I guess we'll start with that game. Uh, really, it was, God, this was one that um, Evansville let get away. Um, they were up eight with three and a half to go. And uh, they just, at that point, decided we're just not going to take care of the ball anymore. Um, <laughs> Valpo made a run, um, tied it up, sent overtime. The Valpo jumped on him right away in overtime. Um, and and from there, Evansville just, just couldn't come all the way back. And Valpo got a huge road win. I mean, I think any time you win on the road in the Valley, even though Evansville um, seems like kind of a mess right now. But right. It's, it, I think it doesn't matter. I, I still think a, a win on the road in the Valley is huge. And I think just where it stands and where probably everyone thinks these teams are going to play, this could have lower half of the Valley implications on getting out of Thursday Absolutely. or staying in Thursday. Absolutely. These are the games, if you if you don't want to go on, like, you got to win some road games. I mean, Especially these just, teams. Yeah. yeah, no doubt about it. I th- um, but really, it's just disappointing for Evansville because I, we know how much talent they have, and, and to, to blow that lead late in the game like that, just it's kind of disappointing. Yep. Um, so shifting to uh, Indiana State, uh, losing to Drake, eighty to seventy six. Um, this game was at in Des Moines um, at Drake University. Yeah, um, we touched on this with Michael as well, but uh, just kind of qu- some quick thoughts. Uh, it was an awesome game. Um, Drake jumped on him super quick early in the game. Um, then Indiana or Indiana State just kind of battled themselves back and went back and forth throughout the game. Um, and then toward the end of the game, Drake hit their free throws. Uh, There's a foul at the end of the game. I'm, I'm sure Indiana State and Drake fans will know what I'm talking about. Uh, Tyreek, he definitely wants this foul back. Mm-hmm. Um, he just clipped him on the arm barely, and it was like, it was kind of a touchy call, but I mean, it was a foul. So um, it just so happened it was. Uh, I, I want to say I think uh, Drake was up by three, and uh, Tyreek he fouled him on a three. If for those who didn't see the game. Fouled him on three, and then uh, I think it was Penn went to the line, knocked down all three, and that was it. Mm-hmm. So um, tough loss for Indiana State, but um, that was a huge. I thought that that was the huge win for Drake to kind of propel their season, get yep. it rolling now. So yeah, so uh, moving to uh, Cedar Falls, Iowa, where uh, Northern Iowa and uh, took care of business against Bradley, sixty nine sixty four, and um, what a game this was. This was an awesome game. Um, Bradley actually jumped jumped up quick, 12-point lead early in the game. Uh, and then Northern Iowa came storming back in the second half of the first half. Um, second half, it was kind of back and forth. Uh, it felt like you and I kind of got a little bit of separation around the 8, 8 10, 7-minute mark of the game. Um, but it, And then Bradley just kept fighting back. They just kind of hung around, and um, they just couldn't quite get back over the hump at the end of the game. Um, AJ Green, uh, we can't say enough about his 35 points. I mean, he's he is, I'm gonna say, his best player in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he that's just that was just a huge game for him. Uh, one quick note on this game and uh, Childs, this was his first game back. Um, he re injured his hand, uh, he's gonna have surgery on it, according to Dave Reynolds of the Bradley Beat Writer. Uh, he's gonna have uh, surgery on the hand. Uh, it's it's undetermined how long he's going to be out for uh, but what I did think was interesting is he's played too many games this year to get a medical red shirt yeah so that's super tough that's uh, and just that making that decision to whether you do surgery or forego surgery that's got to be a tough one so definitely thinking of your know, child's because 
you don't want your season, your senior season, to um, you know have you know twelve games to show for it. Yeah, and you know, and I don't know how you felt about this, Vance, but like looking at the when I was thinking to myself, so Northern Iowa was coming off the loss to Illinois State on the road, and then coming home, and I thought they were going to beat the brakes off Bradley. Mm-hmm. Um, and then fi- come to find out, Childs played; he was going to play. That was, I think, the afternoon of is when we found out. Um, it was. I sent out a tweet. I was kind of more impressed by Bradley in this game, weirdly mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. That um I mean it took a nor it took a AJ Green thirty five point game to beat him at home. Um Bradley this was one of those games that was like, okay, Bradley's really, really good. Like, yeah. I, I don't know how you There's, felt about no, it. No, I, I Bradley's like one of the Head scratcher is not the right term, but they are just staying with every, everything you know about Bradley with Childs being out, you should think they're gonna um you know kind of mm-hmm be relegated a little bit but they are staying with everyone and they're fun to watch they're yep. kind of your true blue blood valley team this year yeah no it's uh it's definitely interesting to see what happened with them uh so i was really impressed with both teams i think it was a good win for northern iowa especially coming off the loss at isu um to kind of get things rolling again for them yep so then um we will the fourth game of the saturday slate uh, loyola beat missouri state 62 58 another uh close game and Missouri State had a halftime lead uh, or was up three at the half um, and then Crutwig put up 23. Yeah it was a really uh, really tight game um, went down to the wire it just kind of um, both teams it just felt like a, a kind of a higher level Valley game where it was just a really tight game just just really good basketball game there's really not there's not a ton to say about it I mean Crutwig had a great game um, the, the two the two people I want to mention in this one was um, Tate Hall for Loyola is a guy that um, we don't we haven't talked a lot about on the podcast, but he's been really good. He's kind of become that replacement for Porter Mosier as kind of that three point threat. Uh, he's shooting thirty nine percent from three right now. Um, he he's been really good. And another guy that we really haven't talked about, which is just another freshman to add to the league list of amazing freshmen in the league, is Isaiah Mosley. And I got a chance to see him in person this week against Illinois State, which I'll talk about. But um, two guys, especially in the especially like in the last week or so, I've kind of started to notice more. I, I know I'm picking uh, not a great game for um, Tate Hall in this mm-hmm. one, but. Um, I thought this was a good time to mention both guys. And we're going to dive deeper into this, but another guy that's you know, really starting to make a mark on a Missouri State team that I'd say we somewhat overlooked um, in Missouri State is uh, Prem. Oh, we'll, uh, get, is, we'll get to Gage Prem. Yeah, I mean, he had 14 versus uh, Loyola. But, yeah, great great win for Loyola. I don't want to focus on Missouri State there. I do th- I do think that this – when I was watching Missouri State, I was thinking to myself, okay, this is a talented team that we had been talking about at the beginning of the year that we're – it, I'm I'm starting to kind of see like I, I'm seeing why they're picked number one first off, and it's starting to if they just kind of put together roll off some wins they're, they're going to be a dangerous team when we get St. Louis. Yep, and then you know I, I had to save the best game for last. I don't know why you Saturday. I, I was like, God, are you even gonna? <laughs> when did you catch on that I, I was saving the ISU SIU game to the last one? Uh, when we got to Northern Iowa Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so for the listeners out there, I get to control a little bit of the narrative and uh, order of things here. So um, that was Can a I fun just... one because technically on our list we had the Illinois State Southern 
Illinois game as the first one to talk about, and I immediately went to game number two. So can I just give my thoughts? Because you, you were there. You were there. You're going to have a lot more thoughts on both teams. I really do, but go ahead, yeah. Um, so my thoughts, my notes I have here is uh, Illinois State lost at Southern Illinois. It sucked, and Domask is really good. Yes. That's yeah. all. literally all I've got to say about it. Um, we can't rebound, and we turn the, the ball over like crazy. So you say that, but so just recapping, and like I said, we are not trying to be an Illinois State SIU podcast, um, but SIU did win 67-55. to That is a double-digit win um, for the Salukis. Uh, but, you know, you said you turned the ball over uh, 20 times. Southern turned it over 19 times. And so, you know, yes, there was a, this was a sloppy, ugly, turnover-ridden game. Yeah, this game was gross. But where I'm going to say SIU took control of their own destiny is its points off of turnovers. So Southern had 23 points off of those 20 turnovers. Uh, ISU only had 13 uh, points off of turnovers. So, yeah, Domask is awesome. Um, Eric McGill is great. You know, they are really weathering the storm without Aaron Cook. And um, it was great uh, just personally, just uh, knowing with the new coach and uh, Coach Mullins, you know, this is the first time I got to hear an SIU chant in person. You know, they talked about it multiple times. Just those touchy-feely things that really get get me motivated about the Salukis. Um, You know, that they even talked about it, that, you know, the SIU arena is, um, I'm not saying it's back, but there is that, that, the changing of the guard mentality is back, and uh, people are, are showing their support. You need to bring back the – you try to get the mystique back in that arena because there was kind of like uh, – during the Falker and the Tatum days, it just felt like like that was a place you just didn't want to go play on the road. Yep. And you need to try to get back to that point, which I, I totally agree. I, I mean – I I don't really have anything to say. Illinois State stunk in this game. This is – Bigger, do we have to talk about you guys don't have a road win this year? Oh, no, we'll get there. Uh, we'll get there. I, I, I have something to say about that because our next week just so happens that there's two road games. So. Yeah, so, I, I mean, that's until you can fix that, you are Thursday night ridden. And I'm not, so is probably SIU. But um, I, I have I said that we were going to be? That we no, no, I'm not. Thursday? But I'm just oh, saying until you fix your road woes. Um, I don't think even if they fix their road woes, they're still probably a Thursday night team if we're being honest about okay. this. But um, All right. That's, it is what it is. That's been Saturday. Um, SIU yeah, let's get off Saturday <laughs> as soon as possible here. All right, so we broke down the Saturday slate. Let's move to uh, the Tuesday night. There are four games in action uh, on January 7th. So, um, you know, Baker was just pretty down on Illinois State, so let's just rip the Band-Aid off and go to Missouri State at uh, Redbird Arena where the Bears beat the Birds 67-63. Thoughts on this, Baker? Yeah, I was at the game. Um, this was uh, one of those... It's an Illinois State game. It was uh, they got up early. They let the lead get away. I, I don't have the quote in front of me, but Jim Benson, I think, was the one who tweeted out that they gave up an 11 point lead without taking a shot, mm. which is pretty insane. It's not ideal. Um, honestly, the thing that bothered me the most is the amount of passes that were getting picked off by Missouri State and Illinois State was just standing there waiting for the ball and I go back to high school my my old coach Bradley used to always say go meet the ball when you get it past you and it was and it, and it felt true to these guys I was just like just watching it and it's like when these statues are just standing there and these passes are coming down Missouri State was just picking them off left and right and um, there were a few calls that didn't I know Illinois State fans are griping about the calls that didn't go their way there was a missed traveling call um, there was a horrible charge call where they didn't let the guy land, which I know Dan Muller was even quoting the rule at, in his press conference. But honestly, not no excuses. They Illinois State, they made so many errors in this game. Uh, it was just, it was unreal. Um, 
Gage Prem is really good. Uh, if you want, if you want to watch a good hard-fought battle in the paint, uh, him and Fisher were going at it, and uh, those two guys after the game had to be really sore. But um, Gage Prem is, for my money, he his footwork is amazing. He is a, just an absolute, just a strong kid down low, and um, he's going to be trouble for any Valley school that goes against him this year. Um, all right, so uh, let, let's move on to Indiana State at Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa won this game 68-60. You know, I talked a little bit about the, the Iowa swing, and I think Indiana State, the scheduling is kind of what impacted their result this year because they did go 0-2 on the Iowa uh, swing. They lost at Drake and at Northern Iowa, and I think we know this year in the Valley the Iowa teams are going to be up there. Um, yes. So, uh, you know, that's a tough one for Indiana State, and I don't think it's reflective of Indiana State because they fought. I watched this game. You know, they were – they were. Uh, it was a nail-biter kind of till the end, you know, the last 30 seconds, you know, I had to start fouling. But um, this was kind of your your hard-nosed uh, Missouri Valley game. Um, Tariq Key and uh, Loravia are pulling most of the weight for the Sycamores. Um, but like I said, they're fighting. Um the thing that stuck out to me is that down the stretch, uh, they'll stay with teams and go shot for shot. And they were what I like about the Sycamores more most is they react well to runs. So Northern Iowa would go on a run, uh, Indiana State would stop it. Whereas I feel feel like in Valley play, especially on the road, you know, teams just kind of fold and uh, let let the game play out there. So um, you know, great win by Northern Iowa. Nothing to take away there. Um, you know, Northern Iowa is just so well balanced. They're, they're, it's not really the AJ Green show that we thought it might be. Um, in this game, you know, Green had 15, Burhau had 16, and Fife had 13. So they're pretty balanced offensively, and uh, they're 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 fun to watch. Yeah, I think it was good to see Burhau got back into the mix in this game. Um, and the one thing was. With Indiana State, it's kind of a bummer for them because they played relatively well, competitive with both Iowa teams, and they walked. They're going to go home from Iowa with zero and two, right? Which that that's got to be really disappointing for them. But uh, yeah, that's uh, it's a good win for Northern Iowa. So moving on to uh, Valpo at Southern Illinois, uh, SIU took care of business, sixty-three fifty. Um, really, takeaways here was it was kind of a tale of two halves. Marcus Damask, um, the SIU freshman, had 21 first half points. He was eight of eight for shooting. Baker um, in the second half, McGill had 11 points. Um, you know, as a Saluki fan, I was happy with limiting uh, Freeman Liberty to 16 points, and no other Crusader had double digit points. So, um, you know, I, I haven't mentioned this, but SIU's next to, next to last in league scoring. But they're, they have the best defense in the Valley from a scoring perspective. So, um, really, it's that SIU identity of Warburton U. Yeah, Brian coaching them up. I, I, I guess kind of my my question for you is uh, to be 2-1 and one in the league right now, I mean, you've got to be ecstatic. I am. Uh, like I said, some of it is likely scheduling. Um, you and know, you had two, two, road, two, two home games against two of the lesser teams, I'd say. Correct. Yeah. But... Win's a win. Where we're at, we're eight and eight um, on the year. So yeah, um, you know, very, I'm say, very pumped. I was gonna say you have to be as happy as can be. Yep. Uh, moving on to kind of the nightcap game. Uh, There's a late start, and we dive way deep into this game with uh, Michael Admire in our in our next segment. So we're gonna we're just kind of kind of uh, high level over this one. Loyola went to Drake and lost uh, 65-62. Um, the, the Robins flu game. Yep. That's uh, it was uh, it was an awesome game. This was. This was a nail biter. This was a really close, competitive game. Um, like I said, we dive into this one with with Michael, so I don't want to touch on it too much. But I mean, Liam Robbins is a story. Uh, the the Robbins versus Crutwig battle uh, to start. This is the first battle between the two this year. Is 
Um, this makes seeing this game. I'm the one new thing I'll say about it is I look forward to when Loyola hosts Drake later in the season. Yep, I'm with you. Yeah, like I said, hang on and uh, hear some analysis uh, from uh, Michael Admire of Drake Athletics. And then the lone game on Wednesday, January 8th, Bradley just absolutely annihilated Evansville. This was a home game for Evansville, uh, beaten by 20. Yeah, 0-2 at home, now 0-3 in the league for Evansville. That's not exactly what you want. Uh, Nate Kennel uh, went over 1,000 points for Bradley, so that's, uh, that's something we definitely want to make mention of. And uh, Bradley, without child, getting another win, so... Um, a 20 point win on the road that's nothing to sneeze at even though Evansville's not playing very well there was no DeAndre Williams in the game last night but um, credit Bradley going on the road and getting another win yep so is it time Baker to stop calling Bradley the childless Bradleys I I, I think it is I think we need to stop well, it's like, only been one game so I, I don't think that we need to stop I think that but because look at the I games think before like I mean he was out before the uh, was it the Drake game he was out yeah he was out but the I mean, I don't know. It's just kind of like... It's almost like we say it as a crutch. I it is a crutch. A cr- it is a crutch, though, when you lose one of the top players in the league. I think you should use that crutch. And I think that because the reason I, the reason I keep saying it is because in February or whenever he does come back, um, this team just instantly... It's like almost like a, an NBA team trading for a really good player in the, in the middle of the year and then him coming in and helping that team. So not only is Bradley good now, they're about to get really good. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I just think that, you know, maybe... Personally, my focus should be on Canell and uh, Brown and stop leading the conversation with, oh, they don't have childs. I think that's where I was going with that one. Fair. Real quick, before we jump into the interview with Director of Broadcasting, Michael Admire, um, there's a little bit of a couple hiccups with the audio during the interview. Still a great interview, just just I want the listeners to know there's a couple times that it goes a little bit in and out. Stick with it, great interview. It, it wasn't a lot of the content, but just want to acknowledge that there is a little bit um, of audio hiccup in it. All right, we're excited to be joined by Michael Admire, Director of Broadcasting at Drake University here on the March to the Arch podcast. Uh, the Bulldogs are coming off a big 65-62 win over the Loyola Ramblers. How are you doing this evening, Michael? Guys, I, I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun night at the Nap Center last night, a late tip. Uh, so those the Wednesday morning came quickly, but no, I mean, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's, uh, it's great talking Valley Hoops and and we're in the thick of it right now, it feels like. Yep. So it's uh, year one as the voice of the Drake Bulldogs, um, kind of as the play-by-play announcer. How's the season gone so far for you personally and getting acclimated to focusing on Drake athletics? No, it's, it's, been, it's, it's been great. And, yeah, last, last year uh, in November, uh, like kind of the 12th hour of, of before the season got started, and uh, that they brought me on. Uh, I'd never called play-by-play before in my entire life, <laughs> and so it was it was kind of a shot in the dark for um, for the athletic department here to to bring me on. But it was something I was really passionate about and really excited to learn, and you know, kind of found my way through the first couple months of broadcasting and just kind of learning the cadence a little bit, and then uh, kind of making the swing through year two. It's just been it's been so much better, and w- one of the best things about not only being a play-by-play guy, but being in the Missouri Valley Conference is, you know, making that first lap through the conference season and, and getting to meet all the guys, all, all the play-by-play broadcasters. Got a chance to, uh, you know, spend some time with Gary Rima here, here in northern 
or here in Iowa at Northern Iowa and uh, some of the folks over in the, in the Illinois area, everybody's just so nice to me in the first year. And it's, uh, it's cool to be a part of that fraternity. Is it a decent uh, kind of a bit of a travel grind per se? That was like the biggest shock for me was how challenging it is to, to travel. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're flying private most of the time during Missouri Valley Conference play. So you hop on a plane, it's 45 minutes and you hop off and then you're in a, a hotel room that night. But I mean, you're on the road two, three nights a week. And uh, I'm no stranger to traveling being in uh, television for eight years before moving over to this position. But yeah, just the grind of being in a hotel room and, and studying on the road. And uh, you, you're just, you know, you're regimented with uh, the team as well. So that was probably the biggest challenge for me to overcome. Not to mention you're spending a, a lot of dinners, you know, eating at a, a TGI Fridays in Carbondale, Illinois. And, and uh, that's, you know, it's just not good for the diet. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of cool. You get to fly with the team um, for a lot of those trips, right? Yeah, every uh, every travel. Uh, so whether we're busing somewhere or flying, we're rolling with the team. That's going to be great just from uh, getting to know the team and then also how that will uh, kind of carry over to the play-by-play announcing too, just being you know embedded with the team. No doubt. I mean, you just see things that you never see before. So my previous job was as a sports we spent a lot of time together and uh yeah it was a lot of fun getting to know the guys and getting to know the coaching staff a little bit and at the same time you still need to there's a little bit of that line where you have to keep some professionalism and, and keep some of the things that you hear and see in your back pocket throughout the broadcast because you don't want to uh, you, you don't want to hurt any of the student athletes or any of the coaches or uh, reveal too much to to the opponent so yeah it's just it's just a, a it's a really unique lifestyle and uh, yeah just still getting used to it a little bit but it, it's something I've just really enjoyed great um, so I've been to Des Moines once for a game um, and I'm kind of used to the southern Illinois and small community mentality where uh, southern Illinois basketball is the main event can you speak to uh, the Des Moines landscape and you know kind of how does Drake Drake athletics fit into that picture of a big city well, the number one reason I even w- was interested in, you know, starting with Drake Athletics was because I, I love this city so much. <laughs> I love Des Moines. I, I grew up in Kansas City, uh, lived there my entire life, and then I moved to Des Moines. I swore I would never move north of Kansas City because I, I hate winters. <laughs> and then, of course, I moved to Iowa, central Iowa, and uh, the winters suck, but it has been uh, – yeah, it's, it's been just – I love it here and did not want to to move away. And I thought that maybe me moving from television and to working for Drake University, there could be a way for us at Drake to continue to grow with the city. And if Drake is better, if it's cooler, if, if there are more um, more events to go to in the city, more sporting events to go to in the city, then it just makes Des Moines better. Uh, makes Des Moines a more attractive place for people to go and people to live, which, you know, just makes my life more enjoyable. So it, it was pretty selfish as a selfish reason to move over to Drake, but uh, I'm, I'm glad I did. And 
that is a continuous balance. I mean, there's um, uh, minor league baseball here. There's G League basketball. Iowa State's 40 minutes up the road. Uh, Iowa City is an hour and a half uh, east of here. So th- those are the two main colleges in this state, and, and we know that. But the, the cool thing about Drake is it's a little bit like you know Switzerland. We can kind of play the middle of the road here, and Iowa fans you know it, enjoy coming to games here. Iowa State fans enjoy coming here, and that's been uh, a big part of my job outside of the play-by-play recently has been – you know, just trying to find ways to connect Des Moines and Drake. And, and we started the hashtag Des, Mo- uh, hashtag Des Moines hometown team. And we're trying. Um, so kind of shifting gears uh, back to Missouri Valley, you know, I'm kind of curious just understanding the Drake landscape and, you know, just kind of Iowa as a whole. Is Northern Iowa and Drake, you know, considered kind of an in-state rivalry when it comes to conference play? Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, and hopefully that continues to grow. I mean, Northern Iowa's really dominated the the conversation the rivalry over the last you know eight, eight to ten years and I think last year when Northern Iowa came in here and uh, we pulled off the win uh, in the Nap Center had, had 5,000 people in the stands that kind of got the rivalry going a little bit and then uh, Northern Iowa turns around and knocks Drake out of the Missouri Valley Conference tournament last year so those kind of things help reignite a rivalry that has maybe been dormant for the past 10 seasons and then there's there becomes more and more rivalry uh, or the rivalry gets bigger and bigger on the recruiting trail I know Drake and Northern Iowa have gone after a, a couple of the same players and that adds to it a little bit so yeah it'll be interesting to see how this rivalry grows over the next next couple of years but it'll take Drake knocking out Northern Iowa out of a tournament and uh, vice versa for the next couple of years. And yeah, it, it, they're, they're definitely our rival rivals. Uh, do not want to lose to the Panthers. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, and I think this, this year, definitely we're going to, I mean, these two, these two games that you guys are going to have with Northern Iowa are just going to be huge. Um, it's, it, it's, it's, so let's d- dive into last night. Um, Cause we're recording this on Wednesday night. Um, round one of the conference champions battle is what I'm going to call it. Um, Kind of over your overall thoughts, because I mean, from my perspective, felt like you guys, um, pretty much for the second half, you guys were pretty much in control. But Loyola just kind of sneakily hung around the whole time, and it was just like they wouldn't ever go away. Kind of, uh, how did you see the game? I mean, kind of your thoughts on last night. Uh, what a win for Drake! Yeah, that, that was pretty much the whole game. I mean, Drake got out to an early lead, but then Loyola, you know, kept finding ways to get back. It'd be a uh, I think they had an air ball that landed right in Crutwig's lap and he put it back up and in and just a couple things like that late in the shot clock. They Williamson threw up a three that went in. So a, a handful of those uh, plays throughout the night just, you know, killed Drake, uh, Drake runs. But yeah, no, it, it, was, it was an absolute blast. I mean, it was from my perspective, it was a couple big men going at it down low and then uh, both teams executing at both ends. I mean, I felt like Drake really executed its offense well. I felt like Loyola executed its offense well, but sometimes the defense just made better plays. And yeah, it was it was kind of a slugfest. And the, I mean, the big moments that really stood out to me were the fact that uh, Liam Robbins, uh, Drake's big man, seven foot sophomore, he, he's playing with the flu. I, I mean, he he didn't participate in any of the shoot arounds. He was 
vomiting in the morning. He went to the hospital to get uh, IVs throughout the day. And then he shows up to the game. There, I mean, there were questions even a few minutes before the game if he was going to make the start. He starts, has 29 and then a school record seven blocks. And he holds Crutwig below his season average and, and 14 points. So, I mean, that's what really stood out to me. It was a couple big men uh, you know, make it, making some big plays. Such an awesome battle down low. No, you could tell it was a, and it wasn't like Crutwig had a, like, I mean, Crutwig did some things really well in that game. It was, it was just honestly the, the, it's quote unquote, the Robins flu game. I mean, we're kind of playing off the Jordan flu game, but it's the Robins flu game now. Um, So that's kind of cool. No, I, I, you were talking about just the moments of the game. I thought that the biggest moment, and this is, this is going to be kind of cliche, but it was the last possession of the game. How close the Drake defense was just up on every single player. They didn't let him breathe on that last possession. And it took, I mean, Williamson, I think, cut off kind of an ugly look that really didn't have much of a chance. But, I mean, I thought the defense on that last possession was just locked in. Yeah. And one of the things that our coaching staff always talks about, you know, they talk about, they reference football a little bit when it comes to defense. It's not necessarily how many stops you make, it's, it's when you make those stops. It's the bend but don't break, uh, bend but don't break mindset. And, that, that's what happened last night. I mean, yeah, it, I think most nights Loyola would take uh, Tate Hall and Lucas Williamson getting a couple shots off at the buzzer uh, in the final 10 seconds and, and feel pretty good about their chances of sending that game into overtime. But, uh, yeah, uh, credit Drake's defense. They were out on the, out on the three-point shooters and, um, and, and, yeah, forced some shots and didn't foul. I mean, not fouling was, was huge. And yeah, Robbins just 30 seconds before that had missed a a bunny that would have put the game up uh, three possessions. It would have given Drake a three possession lead. Instead, he misses the bunny, and then Crutwig scores in two seconds at the other end to make it a three point game. So all of a sudden, it it was running away from Drake right there at the very end when it looked to be in hand. So it was just a fantastic Valley basketball game. Yeah, no, you could tell that was two of the superpowers of the league for sure. And I mean, like you said, with those guys shooting those shots at the end, I'm sure Loyola would take them, but like they weren't good looks. Um, and at the because I mean that was the defense of Drake was just it was fantastic at the end of the game. I, I, I was I texted a buddy of mine. Uh, I was just like, that is defense right there because I knew he was watching the game at the same time. But just kind of overall, talk about this as like a confidence booster for this team because I know that like you, you all Drake. I know there's not everybody's always sold on Drake. And I mean, especially the past they've had, um, you know, years where they had some frustrating seasons. Um, do you, knowing the team, you kind of ride with the team, you, you're around them a lot. Does this feel like it's going to be something that's going to kind of propel them to keep them rolling through the season to compete for the conference title? Um, or is there any, is there any, do you have any fear of a letdown with this team? I mean, you know, them a little better than we do. Yeah, I would say this is a team that through non-conference is kind of searching for just an identity. And oh, I that's think, the best way to put it. I, 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 I totally agree with you. Yeah, and I think uh, defense, uh, maybe that, that maybe they found that a little bit uh, against Loyola and kind of proved to themselves. I mean, the three best players on the team are all sophomores, so they're still kind of learning to, to be leaders and, and learn how to you know shoulder a lot of the weight of a season. And, I mean, yeah, with, with a couple – Sophomores as your leaders, are there going to be let down nights? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there are. There's some really good teams in the Valley um, that, that could, that will and, and can knock uh, <laughs> Drake off. But uh, at the same time, I just really like 
these guys' mindset. I mean, it's a, very similar to the team that Coach Jarese had last year, just a, a tough-minded team that finds multiple ways to win. And, I mean, I, I wouldn't say Drake was going away the best team in the conference last year, and uh, they squeaked out a couple wins, and it just happened to be enough to – you know, share the conference title. And I think that's kind of the approach that it'll, it'll be this year. Yeah, no, it's, it's especially, you talk about like how many guys they have. It just feels like there's, there's so many different guys that can contribute like, you know, like one through seven or eight. I mean, these are guys that can, can go out and have the biggest night of the game. Um, what, so one question I want to bring up, and this is just, uh, you see, you see Robbins a lot more than we do. Um, and I know there's always that big debate of who the best big man is in the league. And I know Robbins is definitely, um, after, especially after last night, kind of cemented himself in that conversation with, for my money, I would say it's Crutwig, Prim, and Robbins right now. So uh, someone who's seen more Robbins than I have, make the case for him being the best player or the best <laughs> big man in the Valley. Well, it, it helps that he's seven foot. And he's, <laughs> he's, a, he's a rim protector, man. He, I mean, seven blocks last night. And he redirected another seven. It was it was a really impressive defensive night for him. So, what what he does at both ends of the court is is you know big man of the year uh, worthy conversation. But I mean, he's a sophomore. He he needs to show a little bit more consistency. I mean, there are there are nights where, uh, especially throughout non conference, that Robbins disappeared and, and uh, you know got in foul trouble at Bradley. I mean, there, there are, he has, a, I think he still has a long way to go to be in the Crutwig conversation. So I, I'm maybe not doing a great job selling him, but <laughs> I mean, he, he's right there. And over the last seven games, he has really turned his season around. No, I think it's okay. I mean, I, I personally, I think the thing that most impressed me is just the improvement I've seen, even just in this season, since like, um, since earlier in the season, his footwork down low, it just, it feels like he is just, he's gaining more and more confidence as we go, which as an Illinois state fan, personally, that's scary. Um, but it just definitely feels like, I mean, here's one. And you said a sophomore. I mean, this is, this is a scary proposition for the league. Yeah. The, the thing that he has really done and really worked on is just being more aggressive. I mean, he's moving toward the rim instead of away. Oftentimes he would catch it, uh, you know, at the right block and throw around a, a turnaround jumper. And it's just like, that's not your game. Liam, kind of learning to use that seven-foot frame and understand that you're bigger than most everybody or at least taller than uh, most of the guys you're going to face. So use that body to your advantage. And he's starting to learn that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And so another – you brought up about being more aggressive, and I know that DeVries kind of talked about it in his conference call the other day. Uh, another sophomore, uh, Roman Penn, another guy who's becoming more and more aggressive as the season goes on and how much better he is. And I guess this is a question I, I've been kind of thinking of. I mean, Wilkins, obviously, no doubt is a special player. Um, is there a chance that, that Roman Penn might be your best player by the end of the year, though? Like, this yeah. this kid just feels like he is just uh, – he just it, the confidence is just going – it might even be more than Robbins. Like, he does so many really good things on the floor, and it's just – it's so hard to, like, not notice it now. Yeah, I think, I think Liam is the most important player on the team, just with – I mean, the, the attention he attracts, but I mean, really close second is, is Roman. I mean, he, he's just such a, a great facilitator. Didn't have a great night last night. He told us after the game that he was working on a, a double, double, uh, 10 assists <laughs> and, and seven turnovers. 
So no, he yeah, it was a, a tough I know night I'm, for him. And I know I'm asking you on the night that he had the seven turnovers. I, I was just <laughs> I was like I know I, I need to ask about Rome Penn, but no, he he's a player, man. I, I yeah, I really like Roman, and yeah, they challenged him to be more aggressive and and get to the rim, and he rattled off a handful of uh, double figure scoring nights. And since he's done that, and he's taken on more of a leadership role, uh, that the whole season has kind of changed and and. The, the offense has started to click since he's done that. Yeah, Roman is just like – he's just one of those guys that you just want on your team. He, he's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, so Baker um, kind of alluded to uh, Coach DeVries in the uh, press conference, uh, weekly weekly call. You know, I, I'm really curious about uh, Coach Darren DeVries. You know, I, it's his second season, you know, first year, Coach of the Year um, in the Valley, you know, with a co – co-championship you know kind of talk about what he brings to the program and the energy around the basketball program yeah I think he's a really smart offensive minded basketball coach uh, spacing and and spreading out defenses uh, he does a, he does a really good job at at coaching that up uh, but I think that the number one thing deep down is he's just like he's a real dude uh, he's a guy that everybody can relate to uh, that the players believe in him that they believe in his system and he kind of brings that hard-nosed football kind of mindset. Uh, you know, his brother played in the NFL for 10-plus seasons. He just has that, like, I don't know, he just has that uh, very attractive personality, that charismatic personality that you, you want to play for that guy. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's been fun to see. And, and also credit to Darren. He, he was an assistant coach for 20 years. And the first thing he does is hire two guys that had head coaching experience. So he, he brought in guys that had been there, had been in that seat. And I think that is also a special part is the, the continuity and uh, connectiveness on the coaching staff. It's really, really important. And the, the players see that and feed off of that. Yeah, so um, kind of just uh, going down the line, you know, as, as we're closing this one out, any update on um, Tramiel Murphy's injury and possibility of uh, medical redshirt? I know that um, Coach DeVries mentioned it in the phone call, but are you hearing anything? Yeah, so he, he has – he's only played five games this season, and he has like a quad injury and there's a knee injury, and, and that's something that's been lingering. I mean, he missed all of last spring and all of summer – before his suspension uh, to, to that injury. So they were, they were holding him out, and he came back and re-aggravated it in practice. So, I mean, right now, I, I don't have any specific inside information than what he's told us, but, I mean, it, it really feels like they're going to uh, look at a medical redshirt. It just It's still up to Trammell to make that decision, but, you know, games are starting to run out a little bit here this season. And, I mean, if you only play – what 15 games your senior season it kind of feels like an empty year and oh, I, I know Tramel doesn't want to end like that yeah and I know uh correct me if I'm wrong but is he considering surgery then I, I have no idea okay because I, I know that I, was, really I know that, that was what that, that, I think that kind of uh DeVries kind of mentioned that a little bit but I wasn't I wasn't 100% sure on that but uh I, no, I think they're trying to rehab I, it right now and then yeah, maybe and I, and down the road it could said. be yeah um, it's, it's, it's interesting cause you have kind of the tool, uh, the, the, the tale of two schools there. Cause you've got a uh, child who got, just got hurt, but he's played so many games that he can't get the medical redshirt where you have Murphy on the other hand who can. And so it's just kind of a, 
it's kind of a tale of two schools there. But uh, kind of, uh, I guess I want to ask you a question. I mean, obviously, you know a ton about Drake, obviously, but is is there another school that in, maybe not necessarily don't go with obviously the Northern Iowa if you don't want to, <laughs> um, but is there a team that you've kind of seen that man? They're 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 really good, and that's a team that like because I know you just saw Indiana State, who's a team that uh, I know Vance is really high on. I'm not as much, but he's he's very high on them of being a really good team. And I watched that game the other day. That was just kind of a hard fought game too. Is there a team that you've kind of seen uh, valley wise that's just kind of like you know these guys are pretty darn good and could make a run in St. Louis? Yeah, I mean the Panthers scare the heck out of me, uh, but and, and really the whole I mean the <laughs> I think they scare guys, the hell, I think they scare everyone. Yeah, but how good is the Valley, or at least I'm. May, may not be the greatest conference in the in the country this year, but I mean, it is so there's so much parity because I mean, Southern Illinois at two and one that I don't think anybody uh, saw that coming to begin the season. Evansville, I don't know what they're doing tonight, but I mean, they've started uh, conference winless after beating Kentucky. I mean, there's there's so much going on. It's it's fascinating, but yeah, Bradley really playing without Elijah Childs and. Uh, you know Drake. I, I know they felt confident coming off the uh, coming off the long break. Had extra days to prepare for Bradley, and that was a game that was a one possession game. Drake had the lead with three and a half minutes to play, and Bradley found a, a way to win and and went on a 10-0 run. So I would say Bradley's the the team that I mean, I guess until until you beat the tournament champs, they're they're the team that. Um, everybody should be gearing for. I, I mean, like a, a wild card. Uh, Illinois State always seems to have Drake's number. Loyola, uh, you know, until last night had always had Drake's number. So, man, it, it, I don't know. It's just <laughs> it's going to be a, it's going to be, be a really fun conference. Yeah. No, it's a it's a it's a good league. I mean, you can tell. I it's especially I think last night it was kind of that moment for Drake for me at least was kind of like, hey, we're here, we're going to compete for this title. I think it was kind of the prove it moment. And I think there's a – it just feels like one of those years where you maybe have six, seven teams that are like any given night. They're they're coming out and they're going to – they can beat anybody. But um, And it's three games into the season too. I mean, wh- I what you say I agree with, but it's only three games in the season. There are going to be seven more of those, all right, prove it games from here on out. I mean, it, yeah, it's going to be great. And it's, it's crazy because you think – you almost think that like last place in the league is going to have like six wins. I mean, it's going to be one of those years where you're not going to have a two or three win team. Like you're going to have six or seven wins from your tenth place team because, I mean, even like you're. And I'm an Illinois State fan, but I mean, I and I'm well aware they're toward the bottom. But I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they had you know five, six, seven wins in this season and still finished. Oh, 10. not at all. Not but at all. It, I, I got to be honest with you. You you have the three games in the Missouri Valley so far that you've had to, you've had to call. Um, I hopefully hopefully your heart's doing all right because the, you've had like three just nail biting games. Like I, I was talking about on the podcast last week, the the Bradley Drake game was just absolutely just back and forth, teeter totter the whole way. The Indiana State game, even after that run Drake made at the beginning of the game, they came back and they fought you till the end. And then last night, obviously, is it just is that is that just what you expect the rest of the way? Yeah, I think that's what's gonna be. I mean, every <laughs> night, uh, Coach DeVries comes on the mic. He's like, uh, you know, one down. We're gonna have seventeen more of those this year. Uh, two down, we're gonna have sixteen more. He's just he's just doing like a countdown because <laughs> that's truly how it feels. But I mean, I mean that's what you that's why you sign up, you know, to be in this business is to be courtside for games that mean something and are are intense. I mean, Bradley, the atmosphere there on New Year's Eve, and it was a it was a late tip, and 
it was it was packed. It was the fans were into it. There was a little bit of that like angry, you know, mob mentality when it came to you know cheering against Drake, which which is intimidating, and it's that's what the valley is all about. And then you felt the same the last two games here at the Nap Center. I mean, uh, the Nap Center fans, the, the Drake fans, they were. They didn't want Indiana State or Loyola walking out here with a, with a win. So yeah, it's it's been a good time. Uh, I, you know, I still feel young. I feel like my my heart can take it. <laughs> you got the best seat in the house too. Hey, uh, quick update here. You know, since we're recording uh, Wednesday night, uh, Bradley absolutely throttled Evansville, beat them by twenty points um, at Evansville. So we've got six Valley teams after two games uh, tied uh, for first place, technically at two and one. Um, and then, uh, really, Evansville is the only team that is uh, over right now um, in Valley play. Yeah, it makes complete sense. Yeah, of course, <laughs> the team does. that beats Kentucky is 0-3. It's going to be um, an absolute bloodbath. But, hey, uh, Michael, we have really appreciated having you um, on the podcast. You know, real quick, where can people uh, find you, whether it be on uh, social media? Uh, any plugs there? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, my... Twitter is at admire underscore on air. Very original. I made that up when I was like 19 years old. And then uh, my Instagram is admire on air as well. Facebook, just Michael admire. And yeah, uh, come say hi to the if you guys, uh, if you guys make it out here next week. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we will uh, at least get to see you, um, you know, maybe uh, whenever you, you have kind of the central Illinois swing here. So um, yeah. Hey, once again, uh, this has been uh, Michael admire. Uh, from Drake Athletics, and uh, appreciate having you on the Martial Arts Podcast. Man, I, I appreciate it, guys. Really, really great catching up with y'all. All right, let's look ahead to uh, the upcoming games here on Saturday. All teams are in play on Saturday, January the 11th. Um, any of these games uh, stick out to you, Baker? Yeah, so I think Saturday is a huge, huge day for the Valley. There's So we talked about the quote-unquote first place teams six of them tied um, four of them are playing in in games there's uh, the two big games are Northern Iowa at Missouri State which I think is just gonna be an awesome game uh, really see the um, really see what the the Panthers can do on the road playing in a really good environment especially after Missouri State now they're starting to kind of uh, they had a tough loss at Loyola but they had a really good win at Illinois State um, see how they do now uh, the other game is Southern Illinois is traveling to Bradley let's find out really find yeah. out about Southern Illinois and I think that this is a great spot for them in-state game uh, so you know that they're gonna be fired up but um, going on the road to to Bradley, that's going to be a tough game for the Salukis. Absolutely, you know it's one that I kind of have circled just every year on the calendar. Just anytime you get to go to Bradley in state, I'm not going to say rivalry because I would say ISU is more of a rivalry. But um, yeah, let's just see who the Salukis are on the road. Uh, they they haven't been successful on the road um, as much this year, so uh, looking forward to that game. And and defense travels, so that's yep. that's the one thing you always got to remember with them. I I think Bradley should win the game, um, but yeah, that that's going to be a really tough game. Uh, otherwise, uh, just kind of going through the list, I, I don't know if we want to, we did it last week, we did our picks, so if you want to just quickly, we'll do our picks for these. Yep. Um, ISU, Indiana, Illinois State, Indiana State, um, I, the, you can't pick anyone but Indiana State because the Illinois State Redbirds have a history of not being able to win in the Holman Center. We're not allowed to win there. And they're currently can't win on the road this year. Right. So, so. it's like a... It's like a 
Double. Maybe they'll ca- cancel each other out and Double they'll actually get a, get a road win. So I did have one question before we keep going on the games. So Illinois State, are you? where are you on the percentage change? Like in your mind, where are you with them winning a road game in the Valley this year? Oh, they're going to win a road game. Like, okay, because no I know I saw, I saw on Twitter other people were asking, are they going to win a road game? I think at some point they're gonna, they got to catch fire one night right. and win one, right? Yeah, they'll, they'll win one. Okay. Um, I look at the Ford Center. All right, um, let's keep going through these then. So Drake at Valpo. Um, I'm actually going to take Valpo. I'm going to try take Drake. I'm going to think. I think that they're going to keep the momentum, especially. I'm, this is maybe based off of the interview with Michael, but um, he sounded pretty confident that this this momentum is going to keep rolling. So Evansville at Loyola. I'm going to take Loyola just because I can't take Evansville. Similar to why I can't take Illinois State um, on the road, just until proven otherwise. Yeah, I, I, you can't. You have to take Loyola here. Um, Northern Iowa at Missouri State. Um, I will take the Panthers. I think that um, they've been at home and they've been successful, but I really think that loss at Illinois State um, lit a spark under them that we got to go on the road and win. I really want to take Missouri State in this game. All right. But I'm going to take Northern Iowa, um, the better team. And and Missouri State, while they've won some games, um, I really want to see them do it against Northern Iowa. If I could pick only, I mean, all the times work out that you can watch plenty of basketball, but if I could only watch one game on Saturday, it would be the Northern Iowa at Missouri State. The thing is, like, look at Missouri State's wins. Right. They're Evansville at home and at Illinois State. You're not talking about the, the murderer's row of the league. So, right. um I want to see, I, I, you can't pick North, can't pick anyone but Northern Iowa until Missouri State proves it against a good team. And then the nightcap uh, game, SIU at Bradley. Who do you have? Bradley. Um, You're I, taking the Slukies. I'm probably. taking the Slukies. I just—it's a totally <laughs> Homer thing. I just can't do it. Um, That's fair. Personally, can't do it. That's fair. Let's go to Wednesday then. So Wednesday, there are four teams in action. Let's start with Evansville at Indiana State, the Indiana um, kind of rivalry game. I'll, I'm taking the Sycamores. Yeah, I think that I think that Evansville is going to be 0 and 5 next time we record. Uh, Bradley at Missouri State, probably one of the more interesting games. Um, I, I wish I could pick this game after the, the Missouri State-Northern <laughs> Iowa game, um, but you know what? I kind of believe in Bradley right now, and I'll go with Bradley. I'm going to go with Bradley, too. Illinois State at Drake. Um, Iowa swing is one of the hardest things. Or no, sorry, Illinois State is not on the Iowa swing, but I'm still taking Drake because Illinois State is on the road. They're, they're probably not going to win that one either. <laughs> And then Valpo at Northern Iowa, I'm going to take the Panthers at home. Yeah, no, I think Northern Iowa gets that one for sure. And then we got the lone game on Thursday. We've got SIU at Loyola. Um, Southern Illinois going, just play it, going north and playing some games. So you got to like watch this game because this is Mullins' first return back to Loyola. Oh, I know. Um, this is, there are going to be a lot of people at this game. This is a huge game. Uh, usually SIU travels very well to this game. Yep. I think it'll travel even better with Mullins, you know, the whole return story there. Um, That's going to be a loud arena. That's going to be a really tough game. I'm going to pick Loyola because I I have enough faith in Loyola in the league so far, seeing them a few times this year already, uh, playing league games. Uh, But you, you, I got to expect Southern Illinois is going to come ready to play. I I mean, I don't think I I, do. I I think SIU is going to win. Probably not. If I was putting money on this, um, I wouldn't touch this game. But. Uh, I'm just going to stick with the storyline and say Mullins um, gets his, gets the troops ready to play and wanting to get that win. There you go. All right, folks, we are here with the, this is going to be the Larry Bird Eliminator segment of the show. 
Uh, Vance, so far, how you feeling about the uh, Larry Bird Eliminator? You feeling good about your three players? So yeah, let's maybe uh, recap who sure. those players are. So uh, for everyone, uh, just know that we are drafting. We originally drafted three players. Um, so as of right now, Baker has Cameron Crutwig, AJ Green, and Daryl Brad of Bradley. Daryl Brown of Bradley. Um, I have uh, Javon Freeman Liberty of Valpo, Tyreek Key of uh, Indiana State. And my third one is DeAndre Williams. DeAndre Williams of Evansville. Yep. So okay. So how this works is each week we can drop and add people. And the the key to the game is you want to have the Larry Bird Player of the Year at the very end. So it doesn't matter. Like as long as you know, say AJ Green's the favorite right now. It doesn't matter who my other two are. As long as I have that person, I win. Yep. So right now, um, since I had the first pick in this, Vance, you can either. You can add, or you can drop one of your guys and add a player. Uh, yep. So what are you going to do? So I will be dropping DeAndre Williams of the Evansville Purple Aces, and I will be picking up Liam Robbins of the Drake University Bulldogs. Okay. Uh, that's a uh, that's an interesting move. Um, that's feels very reactive, but uh, it is. Um, but I'm looking at um, kind of teams that are going to finish in the top half of the valley. Oh, so now we're back on Drake. I'm, no, it's, not, it's, it's more of I'm off of Evansville. Okay. Um, so that is, yes, it's definitely reactive, but that's, I'm that's just fair. trying to spread my exposure um, across the valley. So that's, that's my rationale around it. I think it. The, the Robins flu game is going to be a topic for the rest of the year. Maybe yep. it keeps us rolling. Um, for me, I am going to stick with my three. Um, I'm not going to uh, drop anyone. Uh, now, Vance, uh, you can go back. Now you can drop another player if you want. I'm um, or good. Or do you want to hang on to Freeman, Liberty, and Key? Yep, I'm good. So just to recap, um, the Eliminator, Baker has Crutwig of Loyola, A.J. Green of UNI, and Daryl Brown of Bradley. And Vance has uh, Freeman, Liberty of Valpo, Tyreek Key of Indiana State, and now Liam Robbins of Drake University. Since we had Michael Admire on today's show, I thought it'd be fun to go deep in the valley on Drake University's time in the Missouri Valley Conference. Founded in 1881 by a preacher and a Civil War general, Drake University has been a member school since 1907. They withdrew from the valley from 1951 through 1955 regarding fallout from an on-field football incident. They returned for non-football sports in 1956. In 1969, the Drake Bulldogs, led by coach Mari John, made the Final Four and played UCLA but lost to the Bruins 85-82. The Bulldogs have made the NCAA tournament four times, including that year in 1969, 1970, and 1971, with the most recent appearance in 2008 with Larry Bird Player of the Year, Adam Emmenecker. This has been Deep in the Valley. This has been episode 21 of the March to the Arch podcast here in this 2019-2020 Missouri Valley Conference uh, season. So great episode here. We recapped uh, kind of uh, games two and three of the uh, Missouri Valley Conference season. We had a great discussion with Michael Admire, uh, director of broadcasting for Drake Athletics. And then we looked ahead a little bit, you know, kind of gave our thoughts on upcoming games. Baker, where can people find us? 
Yeah, you guys can find us on Twitter at MarchArchPod, at MarchArchBaker. Uh, you can send us emails to the mailbag at MarchArchMailbag at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, uh, we appreciate all the uh, support and everybody listening. All right. I'll say go Valley and go dogs. Go Birds. Start talking about the Valley. Why not? <laughs>